Christ is so present throughout the Old Testament. And my whole life's endeavor of what I want to do is to flesh all that out, to show people that the Lord was very present all the time. And he was always working to that one through line of redemption to redeem mankind and the world back to himself for his glory alone. Hey there, I'm Victoria, a certified Christian life coach, author, motivational speaker, and university educator. And I am obsessed with helping you navigate through life's ups and downs so that you can live day by day in God's peace despite the many external demands on your time and energy. The Choose to Think Inspirational podcast is about the delicate dance between God transforming you from the inside out and your personal responsibility for change, maturity, and refinement as a Christ follower. On the show, I'll help you connect the dots between your faith and your life in practical, meaningful ways while giving God room to do what only He can do and so that you can shine your light for Christ and be better equipped to serve your family and help others around you. You can change every area of your life one thought at a time. Welcome back to the Choose to Think Inspirational Podcast Brain Changer. Let's dive in. Hey guys, I wanted to jump on here and let you know that by the time you listen to this episode, the blockbuster movie, His Only Son, directed by David Helling, who we have here on the show today, will have already debuted. As a matter of fact, this movie, His Only Son, boasts over $11 million in box office revenue to date. I'm sure it's much higher than that by now. This has been an astounding blessing for a production that costs less than a quarter of a million dollars to make. You do not want to miss this movie and the opportunity to support Christian media. Where can you rent or buy His Only Son? You can rent and it's just like $3.99. Come on, brain changers, let's support Christian media. You can rent on Apple TV, Amazon, Google Play, YouTube, Vudu, Microsoft, Redbox, DirecTV, and Spectrum. Where can you buy it? And it's only $12.99. That's two cups of Starbucks coffee. Please get your copy, sit down, invite your friends, your family, and show this movie. You'll be so glad that you did and so blessed. You can buy the movie on Amazon, and I'm going to put the link in the show notes. You can get it on Google Play, YouTube, Vudu, Microsoft, Redbox, and Apple TV. Well, here's what David Helling had to say about this movie. Remember, he's the director, and I'm quoting here, quote, the account at the core of his only son is one of the most controversial narratives in all scripture. You would be hard-pressed to find another passage so scrutinized, scoffed at, or misunderstood as the 22nd chapter of the book of Genesis. With this film, I endeavor to answer the critics as well as the confused by exploring the meaning and purpose of God's testing of Abraham when he asked him to do the unthinkable 4,000 years ago. I look to shine a light on the plan the Lord had in place from the beginning, his promise of redemption and the part Abraham's walk of faith so boldly played. For us now, the days seem darker than many of us can remember, and at a time when humanity is so downcast, we are in dire need of inspiration to lift us up again. May this film serve as a reminder that in the hard times, in the hurt, in the sadness, and in the loss, there is a plan and there is a purpose for it all. 
Personally, the last five years of working on this film have been the most trying and heart-wrenching of my life. But I pray, like me, that you will find encouragement in the testimony of Abraham. His faith was tested. Our hope was born. End quote. Oh my goodness, I love that. So please, please invest in Christian media. Come on, brain changers. Let's choose to think when it comes to our faith, the Christian marketplace, the secular marketplace, and let's do our part in supporting Christian faith-based media. So if you want to be deeply touched in your heart as you watch biblical truths come to life on the big screen, please rent or buy this movie. Also, do stay tuned to the very end where you will enjoy a few podcast bloopers that I had with David. He's just the best sport and we had a great time chatting. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Choose to Think Inspirational Podcast. I'm so delighted that you're here on the show today. We have David Helling. I'm gonna tell you a little bit about David Helling and about this amazing movie that he has just directed. It's called His Only Son. Angel Studios are the ones backing this film as well. And I want to tell you a little bit about David before we get into the actual show itself, because it was an extraordinary interview. I loved talking with him. He's so humble and Well, you're just going to get a sense about him, probably very similar to the one that I got, especially if you watch on YouTube, very sincere and kind and sweet presentation and spirit about him. What I wasn't expecting is that he actually preached like a little mini sermon as we were going along. And I think you're going to, you're going to sense in a second, just how he knows the word and how invested he is in his belief system and that's what directs his life you're gonna just be blown away about all of that but he grew up in southern louisiana but spent the bulk of his teens in texas when he graduated from high school david shipped to california for a five-year stint in the united states marine corps a commitment which eventually took him to the sands of el Al-Adnbar province in Iraq. There in the desert near the bridge of ancient Babylon in a combat zone, another battle was raging in David himself, a war within that eventually drove to the Bible. The result was a transformed heart, sincere faith, and a burning desire to tell others of those biblical accounts. Since then, David has made it his life's mission to bring scripture's truth from the page to the screen. From the page to the screen. This endeavor has resulted in many short films and scripts garnering numerous awards, accolades, and international attention, all which now culminate in his debut feature film, His Only Son. I want to tell you a little bit about the actual movie itself. It's a cinematic exploration of the story of Abraham. We're talking about his only son. As Abraham's faith is tested on his three-day journey to sacrifice his son, the film is a quiet exploration of the scripture, ultimately challenging the viewer to examine their own commitment to hearing and obeying God's voice. Without further ado, here's David. As you know, we have David Helling on the show today. Welcome, David, to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're quite welcome. David, tell us about your time in Iraq and your, I think you came to know the Lord then. Do I have that right? That's definitely when the Lord really got a hold of my heart and Mm -hmm. and drew me 
to himself and to his word. Uh, because, I mean, I grew up in a Christian home and I asked Jesus into my heart whenever I was eight and at church camp and um, and really just went through middle school and high school choosing to live uh, a moral life and in, in, in front of everybody and making sure that everyone knew um, what I didn't do, that I didn't, you know, drink or smoke or cuss or, you know, and so uh, but but I was really just a whitewashed tomb of sin, uh, you know, in a, in a mm. sense. And, and whenever I went to the Marine Corps, um, I actually didn't go to church for like three years. And then the Lord really started working uh, after my wife and I got married. We got plugged into a uh, a verse-by-verse exegetical preaching church in, um, in, in Southern mm. California because I was in Camp Pendleton. And then I deployed to Iraq and ended up taking my uh, my Bible with me by God's grace, and it's a good study Bible. I just got really convicted over sin in my life and really convicted about not reading the Bible. And so I started reading, and as I started reading it, I just started seeing the depth of my own sin and uh, and and what it really meant that Christ died for my sins, what what his atoning work and his perfect life that he lived in my place and his death that he died in my place and his conquering of death and the resurrection, what all that really meant. And scripture came alive, and I and and from that moment on, I wanted to show others that scripture is alive, that it is true history, that it is the true redemptive plan that God's had in place from the beginning. And so from that time, I was like, whoa, I could, I could show people what I'm seeing in scripture because it was like really, it wasn't like words on a page; it was like faces on a screen. And I wanted to show people and illustrate to people what I was seeing, so that they would be drawn to the word as I was, and that they could in being drawn to the word could see the gospel for themselves uh, in, in as they read in scripture. When I got back from Iraq, my wife and I uh, prayed and, and prayed for direction. And, and it was like the Lord opened up every door, made it clear to go to San Francisco to the Academy of Art University for film school. And from that point on, I started teaching myself how to do all these little biblical short films and and sewing costumes myself and doing visual effects myself and doing everything I could to do these biblical vignettes on on no budget, really, or just whatever was out of my own pocket. And um, and then that I did that for about 10 years until I started His Only Son about five and a half years ago. For this film, sew most of the costumes and and do all of the visual effects and write and direct and edit and you know, do all these other odds and ends that need to be done for a, a, a film that's on a budget, because this was definitely still on a very low budget, but the Lord's already doing amazing things with it. Um, it just it's far beyond anything I could ask or think. Wow, that was like this speed answer. And in the middle of all that, I had so many questions because you you jumped from this transformation. Could we call it that a transformation that you experienced when you were overseas and reading your Bible and just the, the visions and so forth that you had and then jumped all the way to what you're doing now? I wondered, though, David, was did your wife notice changes in you after, um, you know, at some point, did she notice something was different? Sanctification is a lifelong process. So so as you look, even now, you definitely can look back. Or she could look back and see, you know, that there's there's differences. But there was immediate differences. And even I would say uh, is a traject the trajectory shift of knowing exactly what what I wanted to do and it seemed like there was a clear path of what I needed to do with my life and and that's to 
tell others about the Word and to point others to Christ through the Word. It's been a long journey for her and I. Sanctification is a, it's a day-by-day thing, and when you look back, the, the further you get from that moment, the more you can see a change. Mm. Um, when you say sanctification, I always think of like being made holy. Is that what you mean, or set yes, apart? Ma'am. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. So sanctification is the, that progressive sanctification. Once you become a believer and you're adopted into the, into the family of God and God becomes your father through adoption by the spirit indwelling you at the point of salvation, we're still in a body of dead flesh. And, you know, and, and Paul even talks about that Romans seven, you know, that oh wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? You know, that what I w- which which I will to do, I'm not doing and that which I, I'm doing that, which I hate um, it's because we're in that war. We're in the spiritual warfare of flesh and spirit. But it says at the end of oh, at the end of Romans eight, that that the spirit as it dwells within us is able to give life to our members. And that is a picture of sanctification because. Yes, we are we are justified at the point of our at the point of our salvation, as in Christ declares us righteous because the righteousness of Christ covers us, and it's His finished work in our place that Christ, that that the Father looks at when He sees mm-hmm. us. But we're still in fallen bodies, and we're still in a fallen world. And through the daily renewing of our mind, choosing to think inspirationally, as your as your uh, as your podcast is called, right? The renewing of our mind, we're able to day by day, moment by moment, uh, uh, obey, and the Lord that sanctify that holifying us is making us more into the image of Christ up until the point of our death, and at our death, we're glorified. We're made like him, you know, in, in heaven. We are completely sinless. We don't have our fallen nature anymore. And then that's how we'll be for eternity. Um, but but as long as we're in Christ, he has to, we have to deny ourselves daily, right? Take mm-hmm. up our cross and and follow him. Every day we we don't want to deny ourselves. There's little pieces of our old nature that we would rather coddle and, and be like, well, this is something I want to entertain for the day. Um, but the Lord... That's the that's the disciplining. That's the pruning. That's the cutting away. That that that's the cutting away pieces of you so that you bear more fruit. That's the refining fire that burns away the dross so you shine with more of His brilliance. Um, and so yeah, so that's that's when it says in Scripture our sanctification, um, which is God's will for our life, right? In First Thessalonians four, I believe it is. Paul says this is God's will. Your sanctification. So when you want to know, oh, what's God's will for my life? Uh, God's will for your life is the same for all those who are in Christ. And it's your sanctification. It's that you're made more like Christ. And then you're led to think, well, how do we do that? How, do, how are we more sanctified? Christ answers that question explicitly in his high priestly prayer, which is, mm-hmm. which is John 17. The, the, the night before he goes to the crucifixion, he's praying to the Father. And he says, sanctify them by your truth. Sanctify his disciples, which is them there and us even on into today. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So mm. how are we sanctified? We're sanctified by his word. And I, I I'm just I'm just going off and rambling oh, man, now. Actually, preaching. but 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 yeah, I love it. I just want yeah people to see because because you you raise a good question. I use vocabulary sometimes like sanctification and and everybody who's listening won't necessarily know what that is. But sanctification is the process of once you're in Christ, 
We are made more like Christ every day. That is what sanctification is. Mm, um, yeah, so, so well said, anyway. David. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's You put that so nicely, and it's so easy and apparent to see your hunger for the word. You are a student of the word. You are passionate about the word. And it comes as absolutely no surprise that God has so blessed you and gifted you in the way that he has. And you are acting upon those gift giftings. You are now trying to spread the this good news to anybody who wants to take a look at some of these visuals that you're creating, these shorts, these this this film that you've more recently done and worked so hard on. So what a what a blessing for you and for others that God has kind of tapped you on the shoulder and said, Hey, you're, you're the boy for this. You're my man for this. And you have been obedient to that calling. I was a teeny bit curious about, did you ever do any kind of film stuff like in high school? Did you ever have any interest in media at all? Or was it just at that point And you kind of had the that visual you know you wanted to tell it through visualization tell god's truth and his word bring it to life for all of us um you know was it at that point or did you have any experience prior to that well in high school i did take a video tech class and i enjoyed you know playing with the camera and stuff like that and uh, i more so i think enjoyed the acting aspect of it okay. uh because you know i did i did uh, a little bit of theater and in, in middle school and high school. And then when I joined the Marine Corps, I didn't have any really uh, aspirations to do any type of college, anything. I was done with school <laughs> completely, but I always had in the back of my mind, like, oh, it'd be really cool to be an actor. Um, but in the Marine Corps, well, in Iraq specifically, while the Lord was putting this desire in my heart to do biblical films, he was loosening my grip on this desire to be an actor because I, I really realized that that was just all it was was pride and vanity driven and because I just wanted to be cool and I wanted people to to like me and think I was cool, um, you know, which is that that fear of man and people pleasing aspect is something you still got to battle all that you got to You got to kill the pride, whatever kind of creative endeavor we're doing as artists. I want the Lord to be glorified. I want him mm -hmm. to move me out of the way so that people see him fully. But day by day. It's like those those vines of pride work their way around what you're trying to do, and you have to take the weed killer out of it. But in Iraq, that that desire to to be an actor began to to dwindle um, by God's grace. I mean, I still I, the acting craft still seems enticing and fun to me, but the being in front of the camera as an actor, it's it's definitely not a strong desire anymore i keep on giving you long answers to these questions <laughs> I love and, it. Uh, and, and they cover like all these other things that's not necessarily what you asked but i don't know maybe oh, maybe it's, it's just i, I, I need more I, caffeine <laughs> that's right i know i i love it because that's that's just such an engage it's much more engaging conversation that way i really appreciate how you do answer these sorts of things i'm just so curious about that and you know i watched the screener just last night of Oh, okay. So you have seen yes. the movie. That's oh, good. I have. I have. And I was absolutely captified. And I also, after it was over, I thought, man, I need to go back in Genesis and read that whole thing again, because I wanted to, yep. to match what, what, you know, the depiction that was there. And, and as I'm watching this movie, I was 
really mesmerized, I think, in how this moment for Abraham, and I'm going to ask a side question. We'll get back to that if we can make this all work, but it's why Abraham, but we'll set that aside for right now. But as I'm watching this, you took this pivotal moment in Abraham's life. You stretched it into what about a 90 minute film? And I'm like an hour and 41 minutes. (laughs) You know, exactly. And I'm like, you know, we just read the words on the page and we just flip. And the next section is this. And oh, then this happened and Sarah and the and Hagar and then flip over. And then yes, okay, now he's going to go sacrifice his son, Isaac, but you just read it. And then, and you know, you pause and you think, oh, that was difficult. That was hard. That would have been heart wrenching. But what you brought to life was such an I felt like such an accurate description of a parent. How on earth, David, I couldn't do it. I really think I couldn't do it. If if God told me to do that, and I know it's a different time. I know that the way you parallel Isaac and then, you know, the only son and then Jesus Christ and the, the parallels that you run, that that thread that's running through the movie is just spectacular and so spot on and so poignant. But I felt, I felt bad in a way. I felt like, do I have that much faith? I don't know that. Of course, God has not called me to do that. And I know it's a different historical time. I understand all of that, but it really made me think the way you stretch that out, the way Abraham agonized the, the way he remembered, the way he thought, is this because of my own sin? And now I'm going to, this is what, you know, this is the payment for what I did. And, oh, wow, it was just phenomenal. And I I was really spellbound and kind of captured by by all of that. So, okay, that was really just my impression. And, but tell well, me. It's super encouraging. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So back it up though, to why did you choose Abraham? What made you focus on this, these few chapters from Genesis? I've seen in my own experience of, especially being in film school in San Francisco and having a lot of non-believing friends that this was one of the most uh, scoffed at passages in scripture and one of the points of contention where non-believers will will basically point at you and say oh you worship a god that would call a man to sacrifice his own son that's the god you worship that's the god you believe in you know this this ruthless god and with believers it seems like a, a lot of times people don't know how to give an answer to that people don't know how to answer those non-believers and so to be able to tackle this head on, to be able to dig into the text and pull and exegete the text so that you see what the Lord was doing there, what he was pointing to, and how that plays out throughout the whole counsel of God all throughout the Bible and leading to Christ mm-hmm. um, as he pulled this man, Abraham, out of paganism and set him on a path to promise him a land and a line through that line would come Christ. But the the, the generations that would come from, from Abraham would echo with this this memorial stone of sorts, this moment in Abraham's life of the testing of his faith where he was called to lay down his only son on Mount Moriah so that 2,000 years later, when Abraham's descendants would see that God himself laid down his only son on Mount Moriah for the sins of all those who believe, 
you know, that you could see and have your faith bolstered and your eyes open to the fact that the Lord has had this plan in place from the beginning. This was not some novel concept that came around whenever Christ was was on the earth in his first advent. No, this was something that that was before the foundation of the world that the Lord had in place. And he graciously gives us these, these hints that point to what he's going to do all throughout the Old Testament. Christ is so present throughout the Old Testament. And my whole life's endeavor of what I want to do, Lord willing, is to flesh all that out, to show people that the Lord was very present all the time. And he was always working to that one through line of redemption to redeem mankind and the world back to himself um, for his glory alone. This starts with Abraham to answer that tough question, um, to give an answer to the to the to those who don't believe, and to give a defense for those who do, so that they can answer the non-believers. Mm. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's so why. good. I also loved how how Sarah was depicted, and it made oh, me good. so curious because I thought, okay, she was obviously in such angst personally over not being able to bear children and she even chided abraham on you know so we're supposed this is supposed to be happening it's been 10 years nothing's happening you know what gives here i kind of liked her and didn't like her all at the same time because i could relate <laughs> to her and and her almost how she was yeah. she she became a little embittered and I know we always think of her laughing. Remember when they told her that that she would have, yeah. she, you know, I'm so old and, you know, she's kind of mocked a little bit because she laughed and she, she's just kind of this interesting character anyway. But then after she convinced Abraham, okay, you know, go have Hagar. And that's what it means. It not through me, but through you, that's it. And yours, you know, you, and she introduced that yeah. idea, yes. Yeah. And of course he did, but that really turned on him too. And I'd never really thought much before about, golly, what if he had said no about Hagar? What if he had said, no, I'm putting my foot down? Wouldn't that have been like an interesting twist on, on something? Because I think she had a good point in a way, even though she was convincing him okay, you need to do this. This is what this means. And we'll go this direction. After the fact, she's, she switched on him and she seemed almost very cruel to him, I thought. And that was another passage. I thought, I got to see what, what she really did say there. And, and is that really, really good? But by golly, it was, it was, it's there, you know? So it really made me yeah. go back. It wasn't just an hour and 41 minute long movie. I went back to the passages itself and I wanted to reread those and, yeah, and try to understand that about. a little bit more. So you brought out points that we kind of can skim over. And, and then I wanted to see, is that really, is that really true? They look great for their age. I'll also say that. <laughs> that's a, yeah. So, so you want to get into that? That's actually, um, yeah. Cause that's a point of, oh, were you leading somewhere with that? Or, or uh, <laughs> no, I want to get into I the thought, age question. Wow. I hope I look that good when I'm, if, you know, God willing. Well, I and you know what? well, so here's, what's interesting. And this is also something, and I see 
you know, sometimes I can't see all the comments on the people comment about the film and like on all the different pages, but, but I've, I've gotten that. I see that sometimes they're like, Oh, you know, he was supposed to be a hundred and she was supposed to be 90 and they don't look that it's like, you know what? That's another thing. Just like you said with, uh, with Sarah's journey, I mean, like, yeah, we know Sarah laughed. Well, Sarah laughed in disbelief. And when the Lord called her on it, she denied it. She lied. Yeah, she about lied. It. Yeah. And she, and she's the one, and she's the one who suggested Hagar. And so, you know, and we see in first Peter, how, you know, the Lord, uh, how, um, how Sarah called Abraham Lord, um, you know, and, and, and that was her faith was shown in that way because she did actually go along with her husband all these years into two different harems, uh, Pharaoh's and Abimelech's harem. Um, and uh, and so but but really, I don't think any projects ever really explored what it could have been like from her perspective, mm. because we have this like she's just this. Oh, she's this wife over here. And they, but. But she was having to go along and left her whole family, left her home, left their livelihood, mm -hmm. and then was going to this place because her husband said that this God appeared to him. And and they went along living in tents uh, in a land that they were supposedly promised, but they didn't even have the first plot that Abraham had was to bury Sarah. <laughs> so like, so it's not like she ever saw that promise fulfilled. And while she's waiting for Isaac, you know, for the 25 years, she's waiting for Isaac to be born after the promise is made, you know, that had to have been like, if, if Abraham's supposed to have descendants, why am I failing in this? And so I think to explore a character is something I've, I feel very close to her as a character, mm -hmm. even writing and fleshing out and digging in and what scripture says, and then how do you add flesh to the bones to to you know to see it in a in in a movie depiction? Abraham lived to be 175. Sarah lived to be 127. Now they were half brother and sister, um. So sh they should have actually lived about the same age. So it, it it's safe to say that maybe Sarah maybe is she maybe she contracted some illness and that's why she mm -hmm. died so much earlier than Abraham because the age range was if you look at you know abraham's father lived a little bit longer and then their father lived a little bit longer a little bit longer before the generations going back to shem ham and japheth and then noah obviously lived to be i think 930 and um and so you see this because of the bottleneck of genetics following the flood you have a break a rapid breakdown of 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 genetics in people as they as they uh, bottlenecked at the flood and then as they bottlenecked in their language groups after the dispersion of nations at Babel. So you have a drop-off rate of ages. But even at Abraham's time, when he people were living to be 175, if you're living to be 175, that means when you're 75, you don't look like a 75-year-old man. Um, and as, as a matter of fact, when Sarah has Isaac at 90, that's the first time the year before that when the Lord tells Abraham that, that she's going to bear a son. You're going to call his name Isaac. That's the first time it's mentioned in Scripture that Sarah's past the point of childbearing. Mm. All the other years leading up to that, it's it's just said that and she was barren. But it doesn't say she was past. She was postmenopausal. If she's 90 and that's the first time it mentions that she's past the, pay, the age of childbearing, that means she's probably just postmenopausal there. And so you imagine that what that would look like for a woman today being in that age range. And you see also that same year she's taken into Abimelech's harem. So that means she had to have been, you know, she was still very lovely in appearance and very youthful in appearance that she's, she's taken into this man's harem at 89, 90 years old. 
This wasn't a typical 89, 90-year-old. She would have looked probably mid-40s, mid to young 40s. When you think about that biblically and you look in the context of, of humanity and what was going on then, then the, their ages actually look more accurate in the film than what's typically depicted. Because uh, they weren't elderly, because Abraham still had six children after Isaac was after Sarah died. Right. Whenever he was one thirty-seven, when mm -hmm. Sarah died, he had six more sons that's with right. Ketara, the wife he had after Sarah. So yeah. Um, anyway, so just to give a long answer to that. Um, yeah, and, I, and, uh, I think yeah. some of it is just you know all the cartoons, all the Bible stuff that we see, yep. all the it, the depiction is so different. They at least had gray hair, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, it looked like it was uh -huh. still really thick gray, you know, underneath her little bonnet or whatever. And yeah. I also want to tell you, um, David, the one of the favorite parts for me, and I don't, I don't, I won't give it away, but people can look for okay. this. It was that moment, and I hope I have this right because it was curious to me, and I thought, am I seeing what I think I'm seeing here? There was the moment when Abraham, this was close to the point where like maybe the next day they were going up to, you know, he and Isaac, and he was praying. praying? Yes. yes, and so he is on his hands and knees, if I'm not mistaken, and he is uttering this gut-wrenching prayer of a father who, you know, he's the son of God and, you know, he's a child of God wanting to be obedient after all these years and everything that he's been through with the Lord anyway. And that, that conflict that's raging in his heart, he's on his hands and knees praying and crying and saying, please, you know, take my life instead, whatever it takes. I don't want to do this. And then he kind of gets up and and goes off. But there, do I yes. have it right? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You oh have it right. Oh my gosh, so, yeah, that we'll was leave it powerful. It was yep. powerful. That's why that scene is actually older than the than the script itself because I wanted to the concept of that. Obviously, in Abraham's life, that is what we we see that the Lord had a purpose in his in his struggle. But in every one of our struggles, in our dark times, and, and this has been the darkest years of my life doing this film, by far, no comparison to anything else. We've also, as, as a world and as a nation, we've been going through some of the darkest days, and many people can remember in a long time, to remember that the Lord is the very present help in trouble, that He is our refuge and our strength. Christ is Emmanuel, and He always has been Emmanuel. He's always been God with us. That's right. And so to remember that... That brings such a peace and a comfort that even though I can't see what's going on, the Lord sees, the Lord knows, and the Lord has declared it from the beginning, and he will be glorified, and it will be for our good. So you do have it right. Yeah. Not to give anything away. Well, let me uh, tell you, that yeah, but, was that was definitely my takeaway. And I even thought the word Emmanuel, God with us, because we do need to be reminded of that. And I'm sure there are viewers or listeners even today who are also in a dark season, like you said, David, and it just feels so dark and oppressive. And we don't really, maybe we're not seeing a way out of the scenario, but to remind ourselves in those moments that God is ever present, that he has not forsaken us, nor has he left us. 
then mm. somehow if we shift our gaze just a little bit, maybe that's where we'll find a little bit of, of hope as we endure because patience is like long suffering. You know, that's another word for patience. Yeah. It's long yep. suffering. Yep. And that uh, God will give us by his spirit, that ability to endure. I do want to unpack just for Amen. a second. Why was this a dark season for you as you were making this film? Ooh, things are still dark. Whenever, and I've experienced this, uh, even with, uh, even serving in like high school ministry, uh, and, and whenever it's time to do a lesson for a group of high school boys, anything you do that presses in for the sake of the gospel, you're going to get opposition, spiritual, mm -hmm. um, it, whatever it is. It has been palpably dark, every obstacle, every opposition. And it's been going the whole five and a half years that I've been working on this film. Things just turned upside down and lit on fire in some cases, and uh, and it's still it's it's still going on. Uh, that's I guess about how I'll, how I'll leave it. Uh, but and to see especially the way this thing is blowing up, this film is a humble little film. You know, Angel Studios actually made me. Uh, <laughs> made me they they uh they thought it would be beneficial for me to give an intro to the film in theaters so when you go see it in theaters i give an intro and an outro to the film they looked up statistics and, it, and supposedly it's the um the average theatrical film is is average cost of a theatrical release for a film is 50 million dollars um, mm. and obviously marvel and all those big disney films they all bloat that the hard cost, as in the the cold cash that was spent for his only son, was less than a quarter of a million dollars. Mm -hmm. So this little film is this humble little thing that the Lord is now doing far beyond anything I can ask or think. I mean, a wide release through Easter, that's an answer to prayer that I had whenever I was praying. I mean, whenever I was writing the film, to see it. 1,800 screens across the country, all these other countries across the world at the same time, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, uh, mm. Puerto Rico, American territory, but in the Caribbean, um, Lebanon, the following week, it's going to be in the Middle East. And um, they're, you know, they're, they're rushing the Spanish dubbing to get it into Spanish territories. They just finished the Portuguese dubbing to get it into Brazil. And so you see the way the Lord is taking this around the world and the gospel work that it's going to do. It gives me encouragement that that in the dark time that, they, okay, this opposition may be in kind, it will be paid in, in gospel fruit. That's my hope. And that's my anticipation uh, because it's, uh, it's pretty amazing to see what's going on, but God's so gracious and good and reminding me in my own life that he is, he's always been here. Um, and he time and time again, be it even like a text from, from a brother or sister, you know, whatever, uh, uh, across the country, you know, you get from old discipleship group, old, old home fellowship group, you know, just, uh, it'd be a text. Just, oh, I had this verse and I was praying. I had this verse that thought about you and, uh, and just sending a verse. And it's just like, wow, Lord, and it, it speaks right exactly what you need mm. in that moment. The same spirit indwells the whole body. Uh, and he's mindful of any, and it's amazing to see him use the different parts of the body for his one purpose. But yeah. So anyway, long, long, long non-answer there. No, but, it's, uh, it's great. And I, I kept thinking, David, how this dark season or under uh, being under attack 
kind of like a big target, basically, you know, you're meddling and you're not sitting still. You are a kingdom influencer that kind of puts a target on your back, really. And I've seen it time and time again, as I've interviewed different people, especially in film and the media world where their heart's desire their giftings would be to advance the kingdom of God and to proclaim the good news and to help that one weary soul and sojourner in his or her journey on this earth. But yet it comes with a lot. There's, there are a lot of obstacles. Matter of fact, I kept, I kept thinking, do, do you know Tim Mahoney by chance and the Exodus project? Yes. I mean, actually, well, yeah. Patterns of evidence. I love Patterns all of his documentaries, evidence. by the way. And, I, and, and, and so, so I just actually saw what was journey to Mount Sinai. If that's the, the yep. part one came out in theaters one, like a few months ago, that's I went right. in theaters and saw it. Part two is on its way. I don't know when he's supposed to release it, but I've actually, so he actually, um, I've crossed paths with him. I saw him last time I saw him was at NRB this last year, but when I met him, I'd already been a fan of his documentaries for years, but I met him two years ago, close to that a year and a half ago at the Christian worldview film festival. I mean, that's like a family to me, the Christian worldview film festival, the community there and what Philip Telfer and Rhett Simpkins have done for the last 10 years with that festival is just so, uh, it matches my same heartbeat uh, of just making Christ preeminent in everything you do in the world of film. And um, they've done so much to build up a generation of yes. filmmakers for kingdom purpose. But Tim talked there a year and a half ago. And then uh, he he was like, we're going to have a prayer meeting in the back and whoever needs prayer, go back there. And so he actually prayed with me and over me back then mm. uh, a year and a half ago. But I love what he's doing. I love his documentaries, all of them. I've seen every one of them, all the yeah. patterns of evidence ones. It's just so cool. To, I, mean, I love that kind of stuff, you know, to see the proof of God's word in the archaeological right. and anthropological record. I'm so glad that you've met him because I interviewed him on the show also. And there was a moment where I believe that Sinai part one was entered, was coming into theaters the next day, or maybe it was mm. that day, that evening, that afternoon. I don't remember, but it was very close. The expression and in, in that interview itself, we also talked about the journey home, you know, his own personal movie. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that, but also, equally powerful, amazing testimony there of his own personal journey. He expressed similar sentiments to what you're saying about the some of the difficulty and the resistance and the opposition and the, those challenges that you face in this world of media. And it felt heartbreaking in so many ways. Yet, just like Tim, just like you, you continue to be the torch bearer and the light bearer. And even for me, this little teeny woman in Kentucky podcasting, sometimes I think, well, you know, what impact do I have? Well, I don't know, but, and it's not easy. It's, it can, you know, there are hurdles and, and you're, you're looking at analytics and just all that stuff that you can get into that I kind of try to shy away from because God has yeah. called me to do this and I enjoy this and I love this and I love writing. And so I'm just going to keep doing it and I'm going to kind of put blinders on to some of this other junk that may be happening. And I know for me, it can be difficult. And then multiplied times a billion for folks like you on the front lines. So hats off. I just applaud you and appreciate your work so much. It is critically important and it's impacting lives. And as I sat here and watched the screener, it brought 
the biblical narrative to not only to life, but also it touched my heart and mm -hmm. it made a difference in, in my journey. And it gave me an increased hunger for the word even, or to know, is this praise really accurate? Oh, and so, and that's just one person. Can you imagine on all these screens? So thank you so much, David, for your hard work and your persistence and that God has given you such a backbone because that's what you have. You know, you're a soldier, but you're also, you're in the, in the trenches also. And it's just, it's, it is a warfare and it's not easy, I'm sure, but we really do thank you. And if anyone wants to reach out to you, should they go to Instagram? Is that the very best way to do that? I, or, I mean, yeah, like I always forget to, to plug Instagram, but I don't know. My social media presence has been very lacking <laughs> and I'm like, maybe now I should actually start doing this. You can follow me on YouTube at David okay. Helling. You can follow me on Instagram at David Helling, D-A-V-I-D-H-E-L-L-I-N-G. I mean, Facebook, I started one of those, those follow pages. Yeah. So I think I had like six followers. So go ahead and follow me. Well, you have seven because uh, I know. just followed you this morning. So, okay, cool. I mean, so you I have need another to do one stuff with that page. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Yeah, I went everywhere I could and and tried to follow that I could because we'll be sure and tag yeah. you also when when we drop this oh, episode well, and you. put all this out. So, but God bless you so much, and and we just thank appreciate you your God willingness you well. to come on. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. Welcome back, everybody, to the Choose to Think Inspirational podcast. And as you've heard from what I just read, I'd like to introduce you officially to David Hell. Is it Helling? Oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to start. It is Helling. Yes, Helling. <laughs> I have to start. Well, you just now. said it in the bio, so uh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Oh my goodness. Ah, <laughs> dang. What's the I order that you recorded this? Oh, <laughs> oh gee. All right, take um, two. Go ahead. It's Helling. Yes, ma'am. All right, we David can start again. Okay. For I say anything about this amazing movie that you have directed. I have to thank you for your service. You're a United oh, States yeah. Marine, correct? You're a veteran. Yes, ma'am. And my dad is, he was he's a Vietnam uh, vet, uh, a veteran, and he's like my the biggest fan of the show. And so, hey, dad, and he if I ever meet a vet, my husband <laughs> is also a veteran. I have to thank you for your service. That always reminds me to do that. And so thank you so much for your service. I even want to start there, David. Well, and just you. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that time that you spent. I think you were in Afghanistan. Is that, do I have that right? No, ma'am. Actually, Iraq. So, um, <laughs> same strike, period of time. Strike two, but. David. <laughs> what what was strike one i, I didn't know the, uh, yes <laughs> oh, um did you want to take that again or what uh oh my gosh why did i have you in afghanistan did you do hey, any filming okay. in afghanistan never been there in my life not yet anyway okay uh, where did you film part of the movie is that Oh, that'd be cool if we filmed in Afghanistan, oh, <laughs> no, in California. <laughs> totally I quit. I'm going to hang up my interview yeah. hat right now. <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. 
And that's a wrap, Brain Changer. And listen, if you like what you hear, would you leave us a one to two sentence review at Apple Podcasts, share the link with a friend, or tag me on your share on social media? It would mean the world to me and would help us to keep shining the light of Christ and sharing the good news to others who are in need of encouragement. Please visit us on our website at choosetothink.co. That's with the number two, choosetothink.co, to get on our monthly newsletter list. And if you need a guest speaker for your next women's retreat or church event, I'm your gal. Email me at choose to think at gmail.com. And that's with the number two, choose to think at gmail.com. Finally, I offer limited free mentoring sessions each month where you and I can chat to help you develop a strategy for your thoughts in any area of your life. I'm a certified life coach and I have something to share. Visit choose to think.co and click on mentoring for more details. Also, keep in mind that the messages on this show are for informational and educational purposes only. Please consult your medical doctor for all medical issues. Thank you again for tuning in. God bless you. Thank you.